The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. If I told you what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Hurling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Hurling, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, what's the part, like? Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. What an incredible game. What heart, desire, determination, intensity. Have you any other adjectives you want to add to that, Ben? No, Gary, you're the you're the man for the superlatives. Heartbreaking. <laughs> Gut-wrenching. What a game. You were there, Ben. What did you think? Yeah, just an amazing game to be at. And as you say, very disappointing in the end. But considering last year, sure the lads turned up and they gave everything and couldn't ask for any more from the lads, really. And we'll go again. Well, we're joined by Eddie Brennan and Willie Cleary to look back on the game of the summer so far, as well as Dublin's defeat of Galway and Limerick and Tips wins in Munster. I know you said there, Eddie, that you weren't going to gloat. But I was reading a, a quote from Davy, and he said, I could see James McGarry's reaction when they got the second goal. He nearly jumped out of the stand and came down to tell me about it. So it must have meant a lot to them, which is great. I'm glad to see his enthusiasm is so big, but I won't forget it. We'll keep it stored. Is, uh, is McGarry known for, for gloating at everyone after big wins? No, but Davey probably indulges himself in a little bit of childish stuff from time to time. So, uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I suppose everyone has their, their things that they do, but uh, I suppose I just never went down that route of, of storing stuff up. And, and it's something that we don't do in Kilkenny, thankfully. I think you always kind of focus on yourself because I think sometimes, yeah, look, maybe it works, maybe it does, maybe maybe it's a clear thing or something like that. That they sometimes, you know, I think in sport you do that. But uh, no, to be honest, James McGarry wouldn't. But I think you no know, better man than David to show you his passion. So um, I think uh, James McGarry is around long enough. Brian Cody the same. They do what they do. They represent the county, and they're obviously immensely proud and passionate of that. And there's no doubt about it. Look, I said it here a few weeks ago to yourselves. Clare have had our Wexford have had Kilkenny's number the last couple of years. Kilkenny have really, really struggled with them. And I suppose I think it's important to acknowledge too that that both both teams served up an absolute cracking game. And I think the most important thing is Kilkenny and Wexford have a really, really healthy rivalry at the moment, which is which is what we all love and and, and want, which are which are neighbouring county. You know, the it has it has ebbed and flowed the last couple of years. And are we, are we, are we shutting Munster Harland fans up with this now as well with this with this game? Oh, firmly! Oh, geez, we'll drive it into them. 
Um, and you'd say equally, you know, Dublin was probably the standout performance of the weekend, to be fair to them. So, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's good. I think it was probably, yeah, I think when you open up that point, it's something that was probably leveled at Kilkenny or at uh, Leinster Hurland for a while that those rivalries weren't there. And, and, I, and I think that you have a real good championship there now. And it would just be brilliant if you could get, you know, Obviously, Offaly were, were a team that were, were very, very competitive, get them back into the folds and a couple of other teams as well. You know, it, it just it just bolsters the championship and makes it stronger. And you know, perhaps, you know, the arrival of Galway has, has brought the best out of, you know, some of the other teams. So it's all good. Uh, Leinster Hurling is in a really good place at the moment. And I think as well, you have a crack in Leinster finding store as well, lads. Do you think now, I'm, am, I being, am I being a bit harsh here now in thinking that Galway were just bad, more so. Yeah, they were. They, they, but I suppose this is the second time now has pulled the, the mat from underneath this Galway crew. Yeah, albeit it's, it's, it's Shane O'Neill's second year. But I think what it really has brought home to roost is the, the, the I suppose, the, what would I say, the, the meaningless games that were the league. Um, they really were just about, and there were some good games. But at the end of the day, given where they were, given the timing of them, they were glorified challenge matches, getting lads up to pace, trying out a few little bits and pieces. But I think, you know, with with, with that in mind, you say, what were Kilkenny and Wexford doing on their internal matches that got them to such a level? It just speaks volumes of what they've achieved in the training ground, whereas, you know, Galway just seemed to you know, walk into that one a little bit and some of their decision-making led into Dublin's hands, but I think we could not uh, take away from Dublin's performance. They were absolutely brilliant and they, they really applied themselves. I, I just, you know, the level of work they put in and the hunting they'd done off the ball, they just, they had a game plan. They got into Galway's faces and, and, and I think once you, once you go into a match and this happens, you know, we've all experienced this where you go into a match and you might be just 2% off and you just get caught. And it's very, very difficult to switch it on mid-game. You're, you're caught. You're, you're, you're just going to get done. So, Willie, uh, you were at the match anyway because I saw you on the, on the telly. Thanks, yeah. What was, what, <laughs> what was it like being back in Coker for, for the two games, I suppose, and with the crowd? Yeah, no, look, I went in for the first game as well. And it was great just to be back in, in Crow Park, to park up near Clonliffe and walk up, you know, Clonliffe Road into, I was in the Hogan stand. It just felt great again to be back there and, you know, it, it did feel a bit weird with the empty seats around you, but it did it did feel great to be back. It wasn't even, say, like a Leinster final or a All-Ireland semi-final of two years ago, but it, it was just great to be back watching games and hearing the players on the field and hear the management on the field. You can really hear everything now. You know, I don't, I don't know whether you were at the game as well, but no, it was great. It was great to be back. Um, unfortunately, not the result we were looking for, but two really good games, two different games. One was more kind of... Um, so Dublin were kind of we were all waiting for Galway to kick into gear you know every time even when they got the goal we were waiting oh they'll come now they'll come now and they never came and um, just just on Eddie's point too like about complacency I was just reading there today that like Joe Canning took 18 shots himself during the game and he only scored only six scores came off it he took six frees six from play four 65s and two line balls and only six scores come off for it, like which is wow. a phenomenal stat, like from from someone of, of Canning's caliber. And I think you could feel it that I felt it after the first up to the first water break. Like he went for goal for the 21 yard free. He took another short free, I think it was it the Connor Cooney to go for goal and hit Liam Rush. 
it was sort of a complacency or I don't want to say an arrogance, but it was like, come on, we finished Dublin off early, finish this game, get ready for a Leinster final. And that's how it kind of felt at the game. And they were always waiting for someone to kick into gear. And I thought Dublin were, were fantastic, just to, to reiterate what Eddie said. I just thought their backs were so tight. Because Keno Callan has just been phenomenal in the last year. Brilliant, years. absolutely brilliant, yeah. Paddy Smith. You know, they brought on young Andrew Dunphy, who starred for the 20s two weeks ago, cornerback, and he didn't look out of place at all. You know, they didn't give Concanon anything. They were just brilliant. They were just, they were just tigerish. And then I thought from the management point of view, and I know their coach very well, Gavin Carey, be a great friend of mine. He's actually from Lockray in Galway. And he's training them. And with about 15 minutes to go, he was he was down in front of me in the Hogan stand. And he just shouted at Connor Burke, Connor, Connor. And Connor Burke just sat for the whole, last 15 minutes of the game. When they went five or six up, they just sat. And they kind of took a policy of no goal here after Connor Whelan and we'll win, we'll win this game. And Galway will kind of panic. It was just, I just thought they managed the occasion really well. They managed the players really well. And I thought that coupled with Galway is just total off in accuracy. They fully deserved it and, and fair play to them. As for our own game, what can you say? Just what you're all saying, I suppose, just an epic game. Um, it was really great to be at and to see it. But um, could have gone either way. I think we had our chances in, in our 70 minutes, but you'd have to just give huge credit to Kilkenny and, and especially, you know, the last 10 minutes of extra time, they were just phenomenal and that, they had their matchups right for the last 10 minutes and uh, fair play to them. But the last four years has just been, just said what Eddie said, there's been great, hasn't it? There hasn't been a puck of the ball. Between us, the 2017 game in Nolan in Wexford Park when the place was packed down to remember Nolan Park the following year when we were eight points up at half time and Kenny came back and won by one draw on the group stage 2019 we won by a, a point or two in the Leinster final and then yesterday just it's great to be living that rivalry again and, and not going up and, and coming home with our tails between our legs so no look at really enjoyable day just pity about the result for us and are we are we seeing a new Cody? With the kind of the, the change in their style. Well, ju just can I jump in before Eddie? Because I'm going to let Eddie take that one. But I remember I said you could hear everything. It was brilliant. Owen Murphy came back in the goal for the start, the second half of extra time. And I never saw it before with Cody. He took the first puck out, he went long. And Cody lost his life. You could hear him from the sideline, Owen, 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 screaming at him. And he just pointed kind of across the half-back line. And if you watch it back in the video, the next puck out, Owen Murphy hit straight to James Marr in the half-back line on his own. And it was a real sign of, Owen, don't be hitting the ball where their numbers are. Go where our numbers are. Just, it was, I thought it was it was just brilliant to watch from the stand to see Cody go ballistic at Owen Murphy and say, go short with the puck out. Because I'm sure, Eddie, back in your day, maybe that wasn't <laughs> the instruction to, to hit Brian Hogan or these lads too often. No, well, I, I, seen, uh, I seen actually, do you remember there, was it two years ago, Kilkenny got out of jail in Parnell Park and they were a point up and Owen Murphy hit Parig Welch on the edge of the D and they worked out a great score but they were a point up but Parig Welch fumbled it and then he picked it up and went out and I can just imagine the other lad over on the sideline I'd say he was looking down going Owen Murphy pocket long but yeah look it's a point well made and I, I've seen over the last couple of years occasionally Kilkenny have shown you know, an ability to work it out from the back. Uh, we played him in an internal match in 17, just with the 21s, and they just ran a muck on us with this carrying it out from the back. And that's what frustrated me as a supporter then was to see Kilkenny kind of almost default back into sculling it long. But um, yeah, look, they did. They, they, they minded the ball, I think. And I think against Wexford, because of the way Wexford play and the way they set up, you have to mind the ball. You can't just lump it down there because... 
Um, you know, your predominant, your main ball winner is probably TJ and, and Matty Hanlon is physically a match for him there. But, you know, you touched on the matchups there towards the end and, and, and you say even from a Wexford point of view, these are little things that sometimes get lost in the heat of battle that we can easily talk about now. But for Walter Welsh's goal, he's standing beside Sean Murphy. Yeah. And like you're giving away nearly a foot and a half an advantage there. And Sean Murphy's clever. He's a real experienced guy. But fatigue, he's after playing, you know, he's, well over he's, 90 he's been minutes. He's brought off. Yeah. And, and, and brought back on. And the same with Dio O'Keefe. Like, and that's the other side of it. You go, I, I think even the commentators commented that. They said, you know, is, is, is Davy Fitz kind of saying that the certain lads he needs on the pitch, even though they looked crocked? And I just say, look, yeah, maybe, maybe that was the case. But you just think, you know, for the heat of battle, sometimes that just gets missed. And 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 it's a it's a trait of Davy Fitz's that he's you know he's so methodical in in all this stuff and matchups and plans and second plans and third plans, and just for one moment in that match, you know you get a, a complete height disadvantage off a puck out, and you know whether it was by accident or by design, but you know Walter Welch is six foot seven. I'm sure Owen Murphy was kind of going you know get it to him and and look what transpired was was a was a game changing moment. Yeah, look, there, there, I suppose these are the things. There, there was so much to the battle. There was so much to the game. But yeah, Brian definitely, Kilkenny are definitely, they showed it in the league, uh, particularly against Wexford, and they, they stuck to the plan. I think sometimes they deviated from the plan when the pressure came on. But to be fair to them, they stuck to the plan on Saturday. Um, but I just think uh, I was concerned. I felt, you know, I was worried as a Kilkenny supporter. But I think what really shone through in the ends, number one, their physical conditioning was superb, but the, the, the absolute desire. And, and look, you'd have to say it was maybe just a fraction more than Wexford's because Wexford's desire was, was, was savage. And you just say a significant moment in the story of a match. I think Conor Mack's finish, unfortunately, it, it didn't stand. But what a finish, what presence and awareness from a guy who is real goal threat like. I mean, just, just on that moment, just when you bring it up, the difference, like if if that hadn't have been over the bar and the goal had stood, yeah, that, that's a moment that Wexford fans. That's a, a Mick Jacob goal. It's a Mick, yeah, that's it, yeah, That's yeah. it's a it's a Rory McCarthy goal against Cork. Like it's it's it'll be one of those moments that we'll never forget. Uh, and such a piece yeah, of yeah. skill. And now, unfortunately for Wexford and for Connor Mac, that you know that could be forgotten in the year. Yeah, yeah, that's it, and it's cruel. That's that's. The fine inches, margins of, of sport, inches. yeah, absolutely. Like, and 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 you'd have to say, look, afterwards, I know there's a lot of banter going around Kilkenny about it. That how we 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 were big fans of of uh, Hawkeye and all that. <laughs> but I think even aside from that, I think the umpire, you know, we saw it afterwards. The umpire actually yeah. was in a real good position. And and again, I think it's good to see that those decisions are got right. I think that's the one thing that I don't think you know even even anyone in Wexford or or if the shoe was on the other foot that you say, well, if it's got right, we can have no complaints. And, and I think that's that's what the, te- the purpose of the technology is, that if there's a, a real debatable thing there, if there's something significant, if we can get it right, then brilliant. And I don't think any players will have hang-ups about the that. Only, the only confusion I have with the Hawkeye with the points is that if you look at the arrow that attracts, it's like yeah. it's like a two-foot behind the goal where Owen Murphy's hurl was, where it's clearly not in the game. No. Yeah, and I, yeah. wonder, I wonder how the sensors work, because... In the first half, Owen Murphy took down two on the Hill 16 end. And they never And I wonder if they, if they just called Hawkeye 
would the sensors go off with his hurl up by the crossbar and give it as a point, even though it clearly wasn't. It's just I don't I don't understand how yeah. the, the arrow is going so far behind the net when it, well, it, it clearly wasn't in the game. I, I don't know how that that actually worked. Well, well, I think I think that's I think if you go to the, the that's a good point because I think that was the the reason behind the Brian Hogan one two years ago with Wexford that Hawkeye some way alerted Sean Clear because mm. play went on. Remember Tip had right. the, Tip, I think Tip had the ball in the net mm. and and there was a free or something taken quickly. And it was only in the midst of the confusion that I think was cleared up afterwards was that Hawkeye sensor activated. So again, I think you're right. I think that's a point that's well made. We, we'd love to know the exact workings of that. Mm. We, we, we talked to Dickie Murphy, who works for, with, with Hawkeye uh, on the podcast um, a couple of, probably about two months ago. And he told us that in the case for Brian Hogan uh, against Mexico in 2019, when it does go over the bar, Hawkeye will get the the sensor will go off and be able to tell the tell the referee that. So for the two in the first half um, that it Old Murphy have kept okay. out, they, they they wouldn't have gone over because if they had, Hawkeye would have been able to tell and okay. they would have gone to the referee. Um, frustrating that Conor Mack wasn't in there for for those two though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an it's an old school thing, isn't it? I, I think you look at Claire even yesterday. Like you, you always try to say it to, to young, or you always learned was whatever play is going on, somebody stay there. Don't let a goalkeeper walk one out. Don't let a goalkeeper get a free puck back down the pitch. And it's just, it's, it's a little bit old school, but you say, Jesus, hang in there. Just, just be, be, be a thorn in someone's side. The goalie might think twice about bringing that down. You know, and Murphy got away with him in the first half. And then Connor Mack almost. He was a relieved man. <laughs> oh, he, was never, he was never so happy to see a, a point being awarded. I know. And Liam Ryan, I'd say, I mean, I think also a little bit has been taken away from that score. Yeah. He was given an awful pass by Fanning up into the sky. Yeah. He caught it with TJ beside him. He then muscled TJ to the ground and stuck it over from his own yeah. half. He's, he's, everyone, he's everyone's pissed off. <laughs> yeah, he's some York. In fairness, he's he's some warrior. There's there's no backward step in him. No. Would you be critical now? Well, not too critical. We can't be critical, Eddie. But Wexford again said in Crow Park, fourteen men were ahead, didn't close it out. Is it is it the same thing again, or were Kilkenny just that good this time? Um. I suppose it's different opposition, really. And Kilkenny, you know, Kilkenny are coming off a relatively barren patch, so there was massive hunger there. You know, they 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 really wanted this, and and I think I've no doubt Brian poked them that look, these boys are have our number at the moment, and we have to pull it out. You know, pull out the performance of all performances. But yeah, I think it, it's a question now for the management. I think they'd they'd have to surely, you know, I think that's usually. The way I would look at it anyway from a management perspective, you're going to sit down and digest that and say, you know, did we did we lose our way here a little bit? Did, you know, because I, I think when you have the ascendancy and you have the advantage, I think at that stage, Rory O'Connor was inside and so was Lee. And what it meant was Kilkenny weren't going to have the luxury of an extra man to give a little bit of cover there. So they had to go man to man after that. So you're 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 for me anyway, the story is maybe get it into the two boys because I think Rory Mack is Rory O'Connor, sorry, is having you know a good season, a really good season. He's, he's a guy that's coming into consistency, and you're saying he he can take the ball whatever way you want. And the same with Lee, but um, 
Yeah, look, I, I suppose the other thing that, you know, the, the questions that you ask, and, and again, it's easy for us to say them, like you say, okay, an epic game of Hurling, like, but, you know, this, the, the, the physical conditioning of Kilkenny got them home, and, and it's something that a Davy Fitz prepared team usually does. And is it is it the system they play just had them drained? And, you know, we talk about flexibility to be able to go from one system to another and, and maybe go a little bit route one with the ball and say, look, lads, let's let's try overrun Kilkenny here. Let's let's put the ball up in their half. But I suppose the flip side of that was that when Kilkenny pushed up on the Wexford sharp hook out, it kind of played into Kilkenny's hands a little bit. So I suppose it's 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 easy, you know, be the masters of that now. But I think it's definitely a, pr- a question that's probably been asked in Wexford at the moment to say, look, in, in, in two years when we did have that numerical advantage, you know, with the, the, the supposed plan A, B, C, D and E that, that Davy Fitz is known for one of those plans didn't involve you know overrunning the opposition when you have a numerical advantage and that again it's very easy for us to say that now In, in sim- saying that sim- though did we not win that 10 minutes were we not a point up in extra time of or half time of extra time Yeah but I, I think so I, I know what you're saying as well. yeah, so it yeah, wasn't yeah, 10 yeah. minutes for the whole game when Owen Murphy went off we still did well, win was- that 10 minutes by a point now only be, albeit by a point but I don't yeah, feel I, it was I, the same. I don't feel it was the same like the tip game where we start hitting long. Yeah, I just think, yeah, yeah, yeah. come back to what Eddie was saying, I think we tired bodies. I think going to our system, and again, and I, I won't throw too many stats, but just reading stuff, like we scored eight points from play outside our own 65, outside the Kilkenny 65. You know, a lot of running, long range shooting, drawing Kilkenny out. Kilkenny didn't score one point from outside our 65 in the game, like far more direct, get the ball in, win a break, pop a pass, score. And I think to touch on what Eddie said, definitely our system, like I'd say if you looked at GPS stats of, of Lee Chain, Rory O'Connor and the forwards, I'd say the amount of running they did throughout that game, even in the first half alone, Rory down that right wing, he was back. Oh, back down there, there, yeah. Kilkenny players more so. Now, not that not that they're moving, but they're sort of staying in their positions a bit more and a little bit of handover, maybe more so the wing forwards tracking yeah, yeah. than they had done before. And I don't know, I don't know whether that that played it that plays into it, but but um I I, I don't think this was the 10 minute, like I don't think the 14 men I don't think we could compare it to the tip game two years ago personally, in my own personal take on it. I just think by extra time and especially the second part of extra time, it just seemed like we were being patched up or Kenny seemed like the the stronger team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and again, I suppose it maybe ties into there's there's obviously a, a number of areas that you can look at, and, and again, it's it's the question is look, did did Davy get the same impact off his bench or you know when you see as you said there like he brought on two guys that were taken off and who seem to be gassed out like and 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 and, and that's look that's the, they're the the hard pills to swallow afterwards or they're the the, the hard things that and the quality I think the quality yeah. of the Kenny bench too like you're bringing on. John Donnelly, who was an all-star yeah. nomination last year, and Wally Welch, who, you know, has been a, a constant thorn in Wexford side in different in different ways. So, you know, the quality and the experience, all Ireland winners and and you know, top top class players were perhaps that we're trying to get to that level in, in terms of the yeah, yeah. What would your thoughts now? We touched on it already. Dio Keefe was brought off, brought back on, and had to go off again. Sean Murphy was brought back on, and Paul Morris was brought back on, and. Is that is that a lack of confidence in the bench or Eddie? What you said earlier is it more that he just feels that these are the guys that I need to do these certain jobs? Yeah, it probably is. I think if 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 you look at even your squad, his his team over the last couple of years, 
you know, he has a mainstay of guys. And, mo- and most guys do. Brian Cody is, is, is not unlike that either. Like, you know, in a period of time, he'll have 10, 11 guys, 12 guys that they really trust. And um, look, I suppose they're, they're, they're probably the, the top quality guys, but it turns out that they're in the engine room. They're doing a hell of a lot of work. And maybe this ties into, you know, as we, we talked about, the GPS is there. And, and I think players nowadays are incredibly well conditioned. I, I'm glad I'm not hurling because they they cover some ridiculous amount of ground. And it's all action, it's all go. And, and maybe that's for handling the ball for the guts of 25 seconds in an entire game of hurling. But uh, then the question is, okay, is someone monitoring the GPS? You know, you're monitoring guys over a year. And I think there's a, there's a kind of a story here from, from Armagh back in 2002 when they won the All-Ireland. And literally a guy came down to Joe Kieran and said, Aidan O'Rourke is finished. He has passed his thresholds on his GPS of what he has done all year. They obviously had been monitoring his stats all year long. They knew that for talk's sake, 8K, for example, was his threshold. And basically someone went in and said to Aidan O'Rourke, and he said, no, I'm fine. And your man apparently said to Joe Kieran again, he said he has passed his threshold. It could be that he's half a second slow to a ball now. And 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 look, you're talking about millimetres. I'm not saying it's 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 an exact science to a to a point that you can differentiate. Will he get to that ball? But I suppose they're coming off it's in. The boys have, you know, they're gassed out. You're looking at your stats, say, look, get a fresh pair of legs in there. And yeah, it does tie in. The question mark is, does he trust the remainder of his squad enough to to do that? I think with one player, maybe, but to do it with two, two or three, you know, it's 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 maybe saying to one or two lads, maybe yeah, we don't like, trust you. Especially with, with with D having to go off a second time and then yeah. Kevin Foley had to be moved in corner. He was gassed he, out. He, yeah. he was barely able to move, and and Lee Chin as well. He he had to come off. He was he was moved in full forward. He was barely barely able to move. Willie, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Especially you know when you've got the likes of Harry Kyo on the bench, and I know Carl Carl Dunbar came on late enough, but he came on late, very late. I suppose the first thing is I suppose you know hindsight is wonderful, and yeah. fortune favors the victor. Like Billy Ryan came back on for Kilkenny, and none of us are mentioning it. You know, Billy Ryan was taken off and came back on and scored a point, and none of us remember. I think I think the number the number of them is is what people are talking about. That you know, three subs had been taken off and three had come on. But I'd say naturally the subs are are, are probably very disappointed. You know, you just mentioned Harry Kyo there, Cahal. I haven't been on to him or anything like that, but I'd imagine you know they were probably disappointed not to get a run. You know, Connor Devitt, these lads. And another thing too, I suppose, going to the game, I would have said Joe O'Connor would have been the first sub on yeah. for the backs. He was named in the subs. Damien Reck was named in the subs. You would have thought would have been a natural kind of a midfielder back. And obviously, maybe they weren't fit. And, you know, there's two bodies that, that we weren't going to use that were named in the 26 as well. So, again, maybe it comes to Kilkenny were just that bit stronger in, in strength and depth. Um and maybe that Davy really wants these players to fulfil those roles, and maybe the strength and conditioning coach is there, the scientists are there. I'm sure it's not just taking a whim on the side of the field. Maybe somebody said to him, "Look, these had ten minutes rest now. You know, generally he'll be well able to go for another two kilometers." I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of of what went yeah. on on the line in terms of all those substitutions. But naturally, I'd say if you're a few of the subs, you will be like questioning. You know, have I something to offer here? I would have felt I had something to offer if I was named the 26. And um, But likewise, I said fortune favours the victor because no one in Kilkenny is talking about Billy Ryan coming back on and not, you know, there was there was other forward subs on the Kilkenny panel that didn't come back on ahead of him. 
So look, at it's uh, hindsight is wonderful, but yeah, yeah. I'd say from a subs point of view, um, you will be you'd be looking to you'd you'd hope and you'd be coming on from a lad who was taken off. All right, yeah. And I suppose just just if if it is on the GPS, like that that might cover the distance that you've covered, but it doesn't cover the it doesn't uh, gauge the intensity of that game and the hits that some of those players took. Mm. There was one that clip of the one minute. Yeah, it was it was flat out. Like, but I suppose what's significant too, lads, and and I remember years ago having a, a chat with our physio Robbie Lodge, and we just you know we we mentioned to him about you know taking those hits. And he said, yeah, he said, you get a good rattle, you know, into the ribs. Or, and like Leachin and, and Paddy Deegan had a massive collision there in the first half. And I would say equally, while Leachin was, Paddy Deegan, Leachin is a big unit to be hitting. So I guarantee you that hit, hit both of them. Uh, Paddy Deegan was down again later on. But those hits do, they take it out of you. They, they take the lungs out of you. Um, you know, you're fine to see that, that, that extra five or six percent of, 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 uh, lung capacity and that is maybe gone when the match comes down to like that and you take a big hit like that there's no doubt about it, it it'll take your your energy levels now don Log brought up last night you you won't like this one Eddie but is there hmm. is there any argument for a red card for Owen Murphy yeah I suppose you could you could look at it and say yeah is there is there I suppose it's covered in two of them. It's 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 one of the categories that falls in under for a red card, and it's also covered in the sin binning rule. And I suppose uh, you can say sometimes maybe it's it's a colourful device to say right, we'll we'll bin him. He's still getting punished. Wexford still getting a penalty and a goal. And I think maybe it's only in the aftermath that you actually examine that and say, yeah, Jesus, do you know what? There was a there was a there's a, there's a swipe of the hurl there. Uh, you're trying to say, look, from Michael Kenny point of view, is it the momentum? But Owen Murphy probably knows he's he he's he's no back of a clock. He knows that uh, <laughs> he has this he has to stop this guy running in a goal. We'll take our chance. We'll roll our dice. And yeah, look, we can we can talk about that. I think equally, if you look at the the Limerick Cork match, I think Jamie Flanagan's a very lucky boy. Um, he had a fairly good swipe across the helmet on on one of the Cork lads, and and it could have been a little bit more. So. Um, yeah, it is. It's a valid argument, and it, it could well have been a game changer. Um, and I suppose that's that's the the facts. But I'm not going to deny that. Just just to jump in on that, for me, that's the one decision I've seen in the championship that this rule is clear. Cost, yeah. It's clear the only cost, one yeah. I've seen. It's the only one I've seen that 100. That's what the rule was brought in for. Outside the 21, or Murphy yeah. ran out and took down a man going straight through and goal. That's why this rule is brought in. The other three I've seen. The last week, Clare Waterford, well, the, the, obviously the one in, in, in the Gaelic rounds yesterday, and even the Peter Casey one, for me, that's not what this rule was brought in for. Uh, you know, no, and I think it's the only one that, that we've got right. Now, I don't agree with the rule. I don't agree that, I think a penalty, I don't I don't agree that we should get two punishments for one crime. Yeah. I think it's either a penalty or a See, if you tr- If you try and even, I think the added layer of confusion for me, and I, I said this at the time, and, and, and again, discussed it with friends saying denying a clear goal scoring opportunity or go, a goal like I think that was an added layer of interpretation that was going to muddy the waters with this and I think I would like to think that if you're going to take action against cynical play like Owen Murphy's one you can look at all the examples there from last year maybe you know remember and again I'm ping, ping, pinging out my own lads here Huey Lawler pull back Niall Bork um uh, you can say Declan Hannon's one, maybe where he, you know, there's, there's there's number of examples, and again, I'm not looking at individuals here. We're we're just trying to make examples for for a contrast purpose. 
that was the reason it was brought in. But it, it was always going to throw up something like this. And I don't know, it's, 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 it's going to rain on and we've, we've massive controversy now in the back of it. Unfortunately, this is the storyline that's, that's dominating the weekend, unfortunately. Um, and it's coming about because of, of, of a rule like this. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen now. It'll be interesting to see what the fallout will be over the next few days. But I do, I do pity James Owens on this because, you know, refs have to make those calls and they get them on a split second. And it's easy for us to look back afterwards and, and see them in, in the cold light of day on, on footage that's slowed down. And again, maybe we talk about technology. You know, is, is, is it really going to matter if that was viewed by your fourth official in the stand for 10 or 15 seconds? And he can just give James Owens another little piece of information and say, listen, there was two defenders back there into the category. But I suppose I was listening to a podcast this morning with, with Dalo and them. And I think uh, Fergal Horgan was interviewed a few weeks ago and he made a very yeah. valid point that saying these boys are moving so fast that you'd say generally if a corner forward or anyone inside on that inside line spins their man and gets around him, it's fair to say he has goal on his mind. So you can say maybe technically, technically by the letter of the law, it is. But I agree with you. I, I just think that the Owen Murphy one was the only one that was absolute stone calls. Uh, goal scoring opportunity. There's a, there's a I know there's a there's a letter of the law, but there's a spirit of the law, and there's a yeah yeah there's a common sense of the law as well. And I think that's where that's where I think the referees feel the pressure from the assessors, obviously, that they have to go to the letter of the law. Where I think Fargal Horgan is coming out with great praise over the weekend because we all would felt he did the he held to the spirit of the law more so than the letter of the law. And I think that's that's where the frustration comes from 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 a supporter's point looking at the games. Yeah. yeah, because as what Fergal Horgan actually said, I, I was listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago and I heard it again today on uh, on Anthony Daly's podcast. But he literally described what, yeah. what happened. <laughs> he literally described and, and he said himself that, that that is a penalty and a sin bin. Like, what even about that, like that one, okay, we all would take was, but even to me, the Peter Casey one in Turles was, was a crazy call that Limerick has to be punished with a penalty and a, t- a man down for 10 minutes. Like for me, he went to chase him, and he—I think he made a genuine attempt to get the hurl over the top to flick the ball. Thirty-five yards out, three de- three defenders, three cork forwards in front of him. Jeez, uh, I don't know. To me, that's not that's not what the rule was brought in for. And I know Paul O'Dwyer could say again it's the letter of the law, but the punishment definitely doesn't fit the crime in those incidents. Where the Owen Murphy one was the only one we could all say that definitely is what what it was warranted for. Yeah. It's what the rules brought in for, and it does, it does, I don't think it even needs to be a sim bin like. For that no, one, no, maybe no. it's a red card, maybe it's just a yellow card, but leave me the goal. But mm. just for argument's sake, lads, right? If we go back to uh, take the Aaron Shanahan one, if Aaron Shanahan does manage to stick that ball in the net, what's going to happen? The goal stands, maybe you know your man gets a yellow card, or or there mightn't even be any action taken. So I suppose that, that, that there's a lot of things going on here, and and I think probably the point Willie is making there is important, like the spirit of the game. But unfortunately, we're seeing that type of refereeing is just is it's just not being allowed to happen. I think they really are being pushing for this stuff. But I, I would like to see Are like, you ever consulted, Eddie? Sorry to interrupt you as a former county manager, are you ever consulted at the start of the year by the referee's body? What what are intercounty managers looking for from referees? I can tell you the last lad that'll be ringing is me, but um <laughs> no look I <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, the very thing, Willie, I spoke with, I, I won't name him, but uh, a very high profile current inter county manager. I had a good chat with him one night about this. 
And I just said, by the boy, I said, would you ever be consulted or would they ever pick up the phone? And again, do they ring, you know, four or five inter-county managers? Would they ring, you know, a couple of guys that have retired recently or, you know, whoever it is and say, look, lads, where do you see this going? What do you think is your level and all the rest of it? And even, you know, guys at club level and say, what's the biggest issue that's maybe, you know, or is there, is there something that we really need to look at here and say, look, you're the ones at the coal face, no more than all the people at club level and stuff like that. But I suppose that, that brings me on to another point, like is how enforceable then is this stuff at club level? This is what we're, we're, it's we're not brought we're in passing, for club, Doherty. You know, and that, and that's the thing, like you're saying, so we have a rule for one and we don't have the rule for everybody mm-hmm. else. And I think that's something that needs to be probably looked at. I think, yeah, we want to clean up the game. We don't want to see, you know, I, I keep going back to the Shamie Callan and rugby tackle last year against Galway. That's that's the type of thing that I think what you were saying, Willie, clear cut. It's no attempt whatsoever. Uh, and, and that's the one you want to stamp out. But like the reality is if you're bringing in a it impacts everybody or it impacts nobody. And I think that's that's possibly something that needs to be considered as well. Like, you know, because a lot of these rules that maybe we're looking at, they're very, very difficult to implement at all levels across the games. If you already got the ball where Jake Morris got the ball would goal have been on your mind? I don't know I probably would because that was that was where I enjoyed being especially if the if the if the back was on the ground but um, yeah you would I think you're but you're talking millisecond assessment of what's going on there and I think at that situation you might be thinking yeah you, you're, you're heading towards the goal so you're going to have a quick look up you're going to scan what's on and it's how quickly you can take in what's around you you know, how quickly you can assess the, the numbers that are there and your own shorts say, can I draw one of them in and pop it? Or also, I think, nowadays you're so aware of everything that's going on. You know, I think, were they a point up or two points up at the time or maybe even, you know, okay, we need a point, take your point. So it depends. It's, it's hard to say, but yeah, primarily your first thought is go head in, you're heading close to the goal. So make your way across and see what's happening. If not, open up the angle and, and slip your point if it's not on. And another thing just on it, and, it, and it's not made clear, and sorry to go on about it because there's so much good hurling the weekend, is it's a, is it is it only a goal-scoring opportunity for the man with the ball or is it a goal-scoring opportunity for the team? Yeah. Like, you take Paddy Deegan's tackle on Chin, right? And I know this yeah, is probably yeah, up today. I, I yeah, haven't looked yeah. back properly yet, but Chin wasn't going to score a goal there. We all know that. But, but by Paddy Deegan come yeah, to yeah. him, he's popping it to Mac inside. And if the hand pass goes to hand and Mac buries it in the net, that's a goal-scoring opportunity. So... Is There's the rule only for the man with the ball that gets fouled, the goal scoring opportunity, or is it the team's goal scoring opportunity coming off that man? So that's that's and, and for a referee team. to call that, that's that that's predicting a run of play, which is yeah, impossible yeah. to do. Well, it was I suppose we were joking about it today in work saying, Jeez, it's 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 an awful pity because uh Jake Morris was going to score one of the most incredible goals in the most championship. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all we were all at the loss of this incredible goal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I hear you absolutely. Is there a poke out as a goal scoring opportunity, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> well, hit the like, ball on I the wouldn't square, call forward catches and scores a goal. There's a put. There's you know. So I wouldn't call Seamus Callan's goal yesterday a goal scoring opportunity. No. Or, or if you're in the Roland like last year in the league and against Wexford, he, he got one for play. So I think Mark Fanning dropped it in. No. But yeah, look, I, I think I do think that Brian Lowen's interview, I think it was it was it's, it's it'll go down as, as an unforgettable interview for a long, long time. 
But there's and, and I think he, you know, he 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 gave as as honest an answer as could be expected. And but I do think that he referenced, you know, an incident last year, and I do think that that was just that was unnecessary. I think if you're if I'm in his position and and I can understand completely where he's coming from, he's very very aggrieved by it. But I definitely think you can't bring in something from last year. I think stick solely to what's after happening. And that's the only t- that's the only aspect I think of Brian Lowen that say no 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 that was just maybe an, a, a bit too far it's not relevant, but I, clearly does. I I think too Eddie that we we all go up on our on our you know on our high horse about certain yeah. things on social media and stuff, but I think the way James Owens has been treated in the last twenty four hours for an amateur man making a mistake in a, in a match, I think it's gone over the top. Like I think no, the front absolutely. Page, I think the yeah. front page of the Independent Sports section today. Uh, you know, some of the articles, some of the stuff on Twitter for him and his family to pick up that and read that today and and try and face into a job and face into normal life. I I just think that we all go on about these, you know, be kind and and social media keyboard warriors. But I think some of the stuff that's been leveled at a man that he made a mistake. I'm sure if he was asked about it today, he'd he'd hold his hand up and say, in hindsight, I made a big mistake. But like, I I think that it's been way over the top. And I think that we're on about protecting people on social media and, and different stuff like that. And I just think what was leveled at an amateur man trying it's to do not good best enough. No, is, no, I, is, I, is, is I, way I, over the top, way over yeah, the top. Yeah, no, I, I'd echo that absolutely, Willie. I think, you know, unfortunately, the, the world we live in, and, and I'm not going to, I think we, we all indulge ourselves in social media occasionally, but that is not the, the purpose of social media. And I think it's very, very disappointing to see that because I think the referees are critical to, to, to hurling. Mm. And, and football and they are not in a big supply you know so we have to mind them and we have to I suppose be fair to them too I don't think uh, you know I concur with that it's definitely not the not the way to go and, and, and as I said you'd be you know if that brings you on to something like you say well where do you draw the line with something like that like what, what what's you know because social media unfortunately that this is the worst of it mm. I just, yeah look at look at it's not getting away from the weekend and, and the hurling or anything but I just I just felt like even picking up the, yeah. the paper today, I just thought the front, the whole front page picture of the Independent is, is James Owens with Aidan McCarthy and Brian Lone in the background. And it was sort of making, I felt a bit of a mockery of the man, you know, kind of way that this lad has ruined the whole thing. And I just, I just felt it's, it's way over the top for a, for a person like he has a family and friends yeah. around that, that are living with that now today and the next year. And I heard in the past in, um, I won't say the referee, but he got a few decisions wrong in a game two years ago on a Sunday I heard he didn't leave his house till the Friday. You know what I mean? Jesus. Like, you know, for the for the abuse he was getting and how he took it personally and sensitive to it. And look, at that's not getting away from the point or decision. Just, yeah, yeah. I just think that we need to be very mindful of it in, in GA and in sport. These are amateur refs as well as amateur players. Yeah. Technically, to, according to the rules, you know, he's okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah. can attack him for that. Yeah, no, no, I think if, and, and this is it, look, it, it, it all comes down to everything is interpretation, everything is opinion, and, and it never ceases to amaze me, the diversity of opinion on one particular incident, like, you know, you, you, you talk about how, you know, Claire maybe, and I felt, look, in, in the interest of maybe consistent analysis, it was definitely worth looking at the Shanahan one and say, look, mm-hmm. what do you think here, and, and examine that a little bit, uh, and tease it out, and I think, you know, but, 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 I still just, I, I just, I, I get such a, a whack of, again, the diversity of how people see things and, and probably there's, 
black and amber tinted glasses and there's blue and gold tinted glasses and you know so it, it so comes I out saw really- a few of the a few tip lads today putting up on Twitter there you know great decision by James Owens definitely inside the 21 foul there's a fishing for the Clare boys to come <laughs> to yeah, come yeah, up yeah. all day so and, and you yeah. have that too yeah 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 Ryan Lawn's interview was incredibly entertaining though yeah <laughs> and, and and I tell you now lads right he he's a, a guy of massive respect for I marked him a few times he is stone cold he's stone cold no I'm telling you um and just I just think even there was there was there was footage of him talking to the print media afterwards up in the stands and one of the guys recorded it and you could just you got a flavor he was absolutely boiling and I don't know how he kept it under control and even when he turns your man that was holding the camera asked him a question he turned and he got eyeballs the camera got eyeballs and I was actually afraid of me life at home watching it <laughs> because he's just he, he's that type of a personality and and i've look he, he, a guy that you'd have nothing but respect for mm. but it's it'll have to go down and it's probably even too damien lawler done well because he he treaded a very fine line and i thought he treaded it really well because he didn't he didn't be disrespectful to him i thought he he measured his questions and tempered his questions really well and and as a result, he got you know what will go down as for me is an incredible interview. Mm. He's about it, to explode. Oh, he was on the brink of a chair. Yeah, I'll tell you, he you know, I, and I know sometimes we we all get crossover. Something you need to go off for a galloper. You need to go do something oh, yeah. to get that out of your system. Before you know, I, and I felt from because you put everything in, and and sometimes and it's happened. Look, it's 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 happened sometimes. That's the cut and trust the championship. You 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 pour your heart and soul into it, and then. Unfortunately, a, a, you know, maybe you can say a, a controversial decision can, can impact on that. And look, it's something that's going to probably rumble on and dominate the papers for the next week. Yeah, well, maybe it would have been wiser to allow one of his selectors to take the. Oh, no, no, you don't, you don't shy away from that. He would have deprived us of that. I don't, I didn't want oh, it, no. but you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You, you have to take them ones on. That's, that's, you don't pass the book on them ones. <laughs> Clare and Wexford now find themselves in the qualifiers along with the winners of Leash, uh, Antrim and Galway and Waterford. And Cork. And Cork, Cork. yeah. Mm. That, would be some, that would be some draw. But there's round one and round two of the qualifiers and then the two Leinster teams uh, that were beaten in the preliminary rounds are playing as well in, a, in a, that's a relegation as well I think isn't it yeah. yeah I think yeah I think what it is is that there's going to be whatever the first names out of the hat or something like that but Leash and, and Antrim are playing I think this weekend and the loser goes down to McDonough again and the winner is into that hat and then the draw is made so I it's separate that was, isn't it yeah three lengths so. three monster so I think what you have is is we'll be right in saying that you probably have two teams then are going to get a bye Mm. Yeah, and then you have your first round, effectively uh, the weekend of the Leinster Championship. Yeah, and the most championship finals. What did finals. Waterford do? What did Waterford do to get the buy from from the preliminary qualifiers? I don't know. They don't. They have, they don't. They got, they they're don't the same place well. as Wakeford, aren't they? Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, but yeah, Leash, so Leash it's, and Antrim it's, it's ra- have to play each other though. They oh, lost the quarter, yes. But yes, Waterford yes. get away with it because oh, well, it's the Leinster Munster rule, isn't it? The Leinster team gets relegated. The Munster team doesn't. Four lengths from in here, so it's no, a different views. No, but, but you'd be talking about what, what, what's on the cards, and, and straight away we're all looking at it and we're all surmising. I suppose they won't, they won't come all the way down to Nolan Park, but 
Can you imagine Clare and Wexford above and Torless? Oh my God. To be Do I don't want Clare anymore? Do we have a terrible record against Clare? A, B, C, anything but Clare. Jesus. We I, wouldn't be worried, I wouldn't be worried about the match. I'd be just watching the sideline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this will be, they'll be, they'll be, be like Galway will have a reaction. Yeah. yeah. Hope, you know, hopefully Wexford will have, they'll be very close games. Like Ward for Liam Cal will have them absolutely raved up the next day after the, he's a great record of that. You know, even when he lost with tip 20s, he'd have him back the next day. Yeah. Rave to go, you know. Um, but even the, the graphic that the lads put up last night, no, and they're going to end up going possibly for five, six weeks solid every weekend. Mm. And you just say, if you're going to get on a roll, you know, that is a really, really difficult road to take. And I remember a few years ago, was it maybe 14 that I think Wexford took out uh, Clare after a replay? I remember they, yeah. and, and Wexford went on a roll and then they met Limerick, I think, in the quarterfinal. And Wexford were just gassed out at that stage. They were after going extra time in Clare, back down to Wexford, I think extra time or vice versa, whatever way it was. And then they had another match in between and they just ran out of legs. And you just say, look, despite all the fitness and all the training that teams are doing, that is a long road back to an All-Ireland for any of them teams now. Galway are probably the one team that everyone in the country was probably most disappointed with and we're waiting to see. Their, like going into the weekend, I probably would have had Galway too behind Limerick. I thought Physically and hurling wise, I think they were the team I would have picked to take on Limerick, maybe in Crow Park. But yeah, I think they were the most disappointing team of the weekend or of the championship so far. So um it'll be interesting how they how they navigate those four or five games in a row. And I know they had was it 2018? Did they go on or remember Limerick bet them in the final, but they went on loads of games. Yeah, yeah. The, the, two, the, the, the two big matches with Clare, yeah. Yeah. Like it'll be interesting to see how how kind of these favourites react along the way you know because Waterford are yeah. sitting in the kind of long grass now quiet training away for the next few weeks and you know but it, but isn't, isn't the format interesting isn't the format you know it's it's mouthwatering I know it'll be over in a very narrow window mm. but geez it's it's just thrown up some epic games and and, and it has us all you know can't wait for that draw Monday this day week it's a bit harsher but like Galway could, like, depending on how the, the draw goes, for example, Galway could go straight into round two and Wexford could have to play in round one. And they could get, if they won that game, they could get Galway in round two, which means Wexford would have played three games, won two of them, and they'd be at the same stage as Galway who had played one game and lost. Yeah. I really think that the two quarterfinal winners, any quarterfinal winner, winner that's in the draw should be, should get the buy, like. Because they've won a game, so Wexford and Clare, in my opinion, should should get that by. I, I suppose I suppose COVID has wreaked havoc with it, obviously, and we, and we don't need to go there. But I think the ideal format that you want to see is that, and again, I know it's compressed and all that. But I think once you get to knockout championship, I think you have to give teams just every fortnight, you know, and give them a, a, a fair chance. Mm -hmm. And if there's, and I think go with the extra time. I know people were saying there. I heard you know people saying, "Look, would it wouldn't have been too much to ask Wexford and Kilkenny come back and replay next weekend?" Yeah, it would. It would have been brilliant. Jesus, we 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 take it. But I just think if 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 we go with your knockout championship, finish the match on the day, and that you have a, you have a fortnight to recover then and get ready for your next match, and try have that. I don't know that maybe it, is it a league system? Ideally, down the line is is going to go that way and and formulate it, but. It's a pity. I, I just think it would give everyone an equal then in terms of physical weakness or physical deterioration as the year goes on then. But Eddie, that goes back to a point you made a, a, a while ago, like, and it's something I have a big bugbear with. Like, we spend so much time at the league 
and we have such a small time frame there yeah. for championship. Like it's crazy. Like we get five games in the league, and you possibly get two games in championship. Like I've never seen any sporting organization that that puts so much time into our secondary competition ahead of our our primary. You know, our main our main. Yeah. Like well, I, I think it 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 would be. I think Willie, you're you're hit the nail on the head there, and I've just I've said this a few times. I think, can you imagine if you have a 12-team league that maybe kicks off and, and just breaks in between its letters back to the club? But from a sponsor's perf- per- perspective and from a supporter's perspective, first weekend or second weekend of May, you have Friday night, it's kicking off. Limerick and Tip in the Gaelic grounds or whatever, home and away. Then Saturday, 2 o'clock, you've, you know, you've, a, you've a weekend littered with it. Yeah. I think that's the ideal scenario. And then whatever it's it, I suppose the big quagmire is how do you marry in the league into you know the, the, the provincials is probably the reason that's blocking that from happening because mm-hmm. the provincials are so important so I suppose we have to get very very creative and, and it's something I've, I've, it's on a, a job of list to do a, a, a to-do list for me is to sit down and see could you over you know a weekend or something pull out a planner and say right could we be creative and, and formulate a new championship system or something that gives us the best of both worlds, but it, it's not going to be easy, I suppose. Just looking here at the the winners of the preliminary qualifier round between Antrim and Leash, they don't get a bye in round one. So they're, if if they were theoretically to win it, those guys would be out five weeks in a row. Ridiculous. Yeah. Come here, lads. I'm going to be a tiny bit rude. I better go. I'm on the clock. <laughs> You're all right. You're, we're delighted to get so much out of you. Yeah, no bother. We'll, we'll see you again, lads. All the best. Thanks, Thanks very much, Eddie. There. Now, Willie, you're the king. You're the king. Now. I was very much the pawn there for about uh, half an hour. I thought it was amazing. I was sitting uh, in the Cusick, sorry, yeah, Cusick, upper Cusick, all right? So I could see, you know, everything going on what properly, you know. But I thought it was amazing how much Wexford and Galway in particular would hit a sharp hook out and run up to almost the 40. But it was amazing how much the long ball was on, like how much there was two inside isolated and it wasn't spotted by the the person with the ball or this just wasn't the plan. Whereas had they just decided to lump it long, those players were isolated a hell of a lot. Definitely, it was definitely on it one or two occasions when we turned over the ball. I saw, remember one stage, Lee Chin was inside and Mac was about 20 yards in front of him. And that was just a four on four, to say two Wexford and two Kilkenny lads. And everyone else had been sucked out the field and it was on and it wasn't used. But look, at I suppose it's it's when you're coming out with the ball there and, you know, right corner back, it's a long way up. So whatever way they've been conditioned and, and trained to go with. But yeah, it was on. Kilkenny did push out on our lads. I suppose oh, it's just mixing it, isn't it? Mixing it long, mixing it short, and when to do it, when not to do it, you know? Unfortunately, they didn't have the view that, that I had, so they couldn't. <laughs> yeah, very much dead. TJ Reid running at them at full throttle five yards away. Yeah. Watching on the telly, I didn't, I didn't get to notice that either. Um, but that that's when Wexford players in the past have gone long in these situations, it's kind of, it hasn't worked out. Uh, I'm thinking back to last year's championship mostly now which just maybe shouldn't be thought about at all because I think it was more of an outlier and I have to just hope I don't know like because it's going to be on at certain times and you just have to make a decision will I will I do this now it's so hard to judge would you agree that Wexford were on top for the first half or was it only spells of the first half 
I think for the first 25 minutes, yeah, we were. And I think the 10 minutes, I just found at the game and I watched the back once on the telly. I found that Kilkenny got their scores easier in terms of some of the scores we got, lads, were just phenomenally good. Like, but they were just incredibly worked, well coached, sit, playing to a system. Rory got three points in front of the Cusick stand. They were just, you know, incredible scores. Connor Mack got one or two brilliant scores. Lee Ching got one from 90 yards out, left side. You know, kind of these incredible scores. Where then Kilkenny hit a puck out, a ball, a break. One son lad win it, hand pass another lad to be over the bar within five seconds. It's like we had we were scoring these well-worked, really hard-earned scores, and Kilkenny would just get their score that little tad bit easier. And it was kind of that's the way it felt to me. And I tell I felt for 25 minutes we were really incredible. I think the bang the chin as well. If you go back to the game, I thought for the first 20, 25 minutes. Chin was around middle of the field. I just thought he was immense. I thought he was the one player controlling the whole game. The lads were using him for shot, you know, coming out defence. They were popping balls to him. He was running up the middle. He was just, I just thought he was incredible. And then when he got the bang, he went in full forward for the kind of eight, ten minutes before half time. And I felt we kind of lost his presence in the middle of the field. And we were 13-11 up. And I think we went 15-11 down. You know, or 15 13 down, and then I think we got a point at the end of three to make it 15 14 at halftime. But I just, yeah, I, I felt for first 20 25 minutes we were incredibly good. And I think then whether it was Chin's miss, missing his presence in the middle of the field or just the, net, the natural ebb and flow of the game that was there throughout, Kilkenny kind of took over for the last 10 minutes of the first half. Yeah, You're definitely I, right on that. He was missed I, at the same time. Kilkenny had some really good goal chances and Anthony Nash alluded to it like some of it was absolutely heroic defending like class the, the flick away from that Shane Rick had when TJ was hand passing it across it would have been a, a clear goal Kevin Foley's block and then you had uh, Cody hitting the post as well like I, I, I were, we, were it, we living on the edge a bit there? We were but in fairness to, our, in fairness to the sideline they moved they swapped lads on lads they, they got their matchups I think Liam went on on Cody after the few, I think he caught two high balls in the first 10 yeah. minutes. And I thought that worked really because I thought Simon Dunnew after the first eight minutes had a brilliant game. He's probably one of our best players, you know. And I, I think the boys roared into it. That's Shane Rick. I thought Shane Rick was incredible and he was probably the most improved hurler in the county in the last two years, you know, in terms of his consistency, everything. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought. In fairness to the line, they moved things around. And I think our lads roared into it uh, after that. But the first 10 minutes, that you know, Kilkenny did, and I remember Shane did a great flick over his head. Do you remember there was a ball came across the square, and we went up, and Rory got a great point out of it. And it was a real momentum swinger in our way. But Mark made a great save, and even he got up for the rebound. Do you remember and flicked the past TJ and ran out. It was uh, it could have easily ended up in the net. But I think maybe maybe a bit nervy, maybe a little bit of the matchups were wrong, and I think they fixed them fairly um, straight away. And I think the lads in fairness roared into the game. And then I suppose if you go to the second half, it was Wexford who had the bigger chances. Oh, that was just such a game. It just went back and forward so much. Like Wexford would have been three points ahead. Next thing, Kilkenny are three points ahead. Next thing, Wexford are back in it again. And it was the, it was the quality lads of some of the scores. Like you know, Sean Murphy got two points. That's from half back left side. And if you watch him, the ball was still hitting the top of the net. It was going on another forty yards. Like you know, just brilliant, brilliant scores. And and, and I know I saw Brendan Cummins picked out. Mack hit one off his left wide and, and Lee hit, hit one off the post. But she's some of the scores like that that they got that you wouldn't have, you know, Lee got one on the right-hand side there in front of uh, the Hogan stand in the second half just after the goal was an incredible score as well. So you're going to have that ebb and flow. 
yeah. in the game. I one thing that I I absolutely loved by the extra players and it just really really impressed me was after Owen Cody got the goal and we went three down, was it one twenty seven to one twenty four or one twenty six to one twenty three maybe, with about three minutes left in normal time, just the character of them to come back up and not panic, not lump the ball in going for goals. You know we worked our scores and we, you know we got the three points then. At the end, I just thought the character of the players, they must have been exhausted. There was lads going off injured and just kept kept going and kept going. I just thought it was remarkable and, and it make you very proud as a, as a Wexford supporter looking at them. Yeah, because it's so easy after putting so much into the game to concede a goal at that stage and just, oh, deck it, that's it, that's done now. Just thinking of some of the scores again, Jack O'Connors, he, he, got, he got beaten on one sideline in a puck out. It was caught over him and... The ball went in and came straight back out and he was on the other line grabbing the ball and sticking it over the bar with an incredible score. Probably like the, the kind of shot that you'd be giving out to a lad for taking. <laughs> yeah, it was, look, it was, and it didn't show great kind of courage and confidence from Jack. Absolutely. Uh, after losing the catch from Porrig Welch to run straight to the other side of the field and then getting it. But it was just, it was just, a, it was just a crazy game. They'd go three up, we'd bring it back, we'd go two up, they'd go back down and it just ebbed and flowed. And if the game went on for another minute or two after Liam Ryan's point, I'd say there probably would have been a winner. You know, I don't think it would have probably, I think there would have been one team would have got on top again and I got another point or two. So look at tiny margins, lads. It's at a really elite level and we're at that level. It just, unfortunately, it just bounced the ball or a post from Lee's, Lee's one or Hawkeye, you know, Murphy's. And that's that's the level that you're living at. at, at, at that's the, the harsh margins at, at this level. I do think the way we play the running game so taxing on the players that we we probably have to win it within the 70 minutes that if we played someone else that we're not going to win it in extra time but that's kind of the comparison to Tipperary in 2019 like we put we played so well in that game in that All-Ireland semi-final like we were all over Tipperary for so much of the game and it just felt like people players going down were cramped in for the last 10-15 minutes and we just seem to lose lose our energy. And then that was kind of addressed. And he has us going for Davy has the team going for 70 minutes. But then come the second round of extra time and again everyone going down with cramp. And what do you think? Is it is it is it too taxing? Um, I don't know. Like it's it's two completely different styles, the Wexford and the Kenny style. And I suppose that's something for some reason, Harlan fans, there has to be one or the other. Like there doesn't have to be. There can be the Wexford system is a brilliant system. The Kilkenny system is a brilliant system. That's the style both counties want to play. And, you know, they kind of went at it. From, from our point of view, I think Kilkenny tied up some of our lads in the second half as well. I think they obviously, whether whatever happened at halftime with Cody, he brought James Marr on to Mac. Um, you know, and Derek Harkin came off. Rory got tied up that bit more in the second half. Whether they put more focus on it or I, I'm, I'm not sure, but... You know, we couldn't seem to get get them into the play as much as we did in the first half. Um, even Rory was coming out deep a lot in the first half. Or sorry, in the second half, Rory was coming out deep in the first half and kind of taking lads on swings and and going over the top and stuff. Never seemed to happen in the second half, did it? So it, you know, I I never remember a moment where that kind of happened where I felt oh that just that you know very similar to the first half pattern, and whether that was something that Kenny did tactically or or marking wise, um. And in fairness, touching again, lads, they're bringing on all Ireland winners as, as as subs. Like you know, Wally Welsh, six foot six, puts in, goes in number ten. Sean is after coming off, coming back on, and 
you know, before the game, that's probably a matchup Davy wouldn't have done if Wally Welch had started. He probably would have assigned somebody else to him. But in the nature of a game and the chaos that goes with it, that that's kind of what happened. So maybe it's, Even it's you know, K- Killian Buckley coming on for the start of Connor Fogarty of, coming on. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're serious experience and serious people to see out of game. So look at two very evenly matched teams. As I said, we were a point up in extra time, half time of extra time. So. We're literally only talking about a, a last 10-minute period here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I just, I, 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 I'm thinking of mentioning players for the incredible performance they put in, but I don't even know where to start. Like, Lee Mug McGovern covered every blade of grass on the field. Like, he, 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 made, he made a mistake in the first half uh, to give Vaughan Cody his first point. And I think from that moment on, the man was everywhere and he was taken just took everything to Kilkenny and there was no backward step in him. It was just fantastic. David Dunn, who came on and had a goal and took that so well as well. Like there, there's, there's, there's so many positives to take from it. The, the performance in general, the, the heart, the, the intensity. Will, will, they, will they recover for the qualifiers? Mentally think, and physically? I think the two or three, hopefully three weeks, I think the break is, is badly needed. I think if they were out this weekend, after a, a 90, 100-minute slog that they had last week in Crow Park, it would be very hard to to rise yourself mentally and physically. But I think giving us a break, if for two weeks, hopefully three, it can be three, Ben, can't it? If we don't get drawn first. If we get yeah, round two, yeah. it'll be three weeks. Yeah, like, I, I think, that, I think I, we need the three weeks. I think that'd be ideal. I think it'd be I think it'd be ideal. I think I think they'd, they, you know, they'd get back down again. They'd be able to sort things out in training. The, you know, the physical uh, or the mental hold at the game the defeat like we're all devastated like the three of us sitting here yeah. are sick to the pit of our stomach yeah. this week and we're not part of the setup so I can only imagine what the management and the players are feeling they must be absolutely can't don't want to talk to anyone you know for the for a few days so get that out of their system and then go again and I think they will go again I think the form is there I think that the hurlers are there and I think they're an experienced team now like this isn't the this isn't a young kind of Wexford team anymore that you're saying is new on the block this is a team now that has bucket loads of experience great leaders throughout the field you know and and I think the, the players will will pull it all together the likes of Lee Moog Matt Johan and Lee Chin Connor Mack Dio Keith you know Sean Murphy the leaders Paul Morris they'll, they'll pull this together now and they'll pull the players together and I think they'll have a they'll have a, a tough week this week and then they look at it again and they'll have a they look it's a great opportunity coming in it in a week's time I, I really hope we do because we haven't been a great qualifier County, but um, I think I think the hurlers are there, and I think the team is there, and I think they'll have massive regrets if they don't in in a week's or two weeks time. Yeah, I mean, just just talking about even the the mental of fatigue that as supporters we had, we need to talk a little bit about the the Cork Limerick game, and like, to be honest, the first half of that match passed me by, and I wasn't able to concentrate on it. I mean, I was looking at it, but I wasn't. Nothing was actually registering with what was happening because. I, my mind wasn't ready for it. <laughs> but, I only watched um, it back yesterday night or last night at home. Um, I was, I was, as I said, I was driving home from from Crow Park on on Saturday evening when it was on. I was listening to it in the radio, and even at that same as you, I was tuning in out. I was Limerick got two goals before half time, and I didn't even think I listened to that they went in or whatever. I was just kind of uh, so devastated and thinking back of all the little moments in our match. But um, yeah. they're still the team to beat, aren't they? Yeah, you know, even looking at them. I thought they were only in third gear for spells. Looking back on the video, I thought they've so much room for improvement, and they still they still win by eight points. 
Um, they, look, they're, they're, they're definitely the team to beat and the squad to beat. You know, Dan Morrissey not picked, Gray Mulcahy coming on, very few counties of that quality to, to spring from the bench. Um, or they're, they're, look, they're a serious outfit. It's, it's whether they can get caught on a, on a given day now. I think it's, it's, it's what will catch them out. And do you, do you think that there there is a team that could catch him? Do you think that that team could be at Kilkenny again? I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're talking to the right man because I would have put I would have said Galway before the Dublin game. To be honest, I thought Galway were were the team physically and and it still could be. Look at you know it still could be. We can all have bad performance like Galway had. It's um I think physically Galway are the one team that yeah, and yeah, and yeah. that can run with them that can match them. I think Kilkenny could attack them, but I still think. Possibly the loss of Colin Fenley might come back to to haunt them later in the championship. Possibly that out ball to full forward because sometimes they're going to need TJ Eleven. You know he did a lot of damage. Um, started the second half drifting out and, and covering back in and stuff. Where Colin Fenley was was lost there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think personally before the weekend I, I thought Galway. Who knows now? Who knows now? I I don't see. Look, what I I could be wrong. I I, I can't see that the current tip team beating them. In a knockout match, that's only my personal take on it. Looking at the two teams, but um, I don't know what you think. But for me, they're the team to beat, and it's hard to pick up someone at the minute that will take them down. Yeah, I agree. I think they're the team to beat for sure. Just so much quality everywhere, and so much competition for places. And they don't have many off days, like for example, against Dublin. Now, I, I did kind of call that last week with Tom Dempsey. I said that I thought that Dublin could be could be Galway's bogey team. Mm. Um, but we're, we're low on bets here. The the Eddie Eddie treble lost to Tom Dempsey quadruple lost as well. Lost straight away. <laughs> very first game. Did Tom get any right? Limerick. I have to say, Jason Ford's having a great year. He's great. It's just an, some touch and strike of a ball, isn't it? Like you know, he's just so classy. Tip Tip seem to produce those type of hurlers, don't they? Him bubbles a doyer. Yeah, Noel McGrath, John McGrath, Callanan, they're all these just incredible stick men, like incredible natural hurlers. But I think where Limerick probably have the edge at the minute is just that aggression and intensity and athleticism that, you know, the Grode Hegarty's, Tom Morrissey's, Dara Donovan's, Willow Donahue's, Kyle Hayes, Dermot Burns, these, these monsters of men that are just covering so much ground and are aggressive and bursting through channels and, you know, just. It, it's hard that's why I thought Galway would have been best suited to um, to kind of go at them I thought Galway have that kind of athleticism but I think Galway I don't know what you thought at the game I thought it was madness putting Dahi Burke centre back and Grode McInerney full back and very strange is that Dahi Burke is possibly the best full back of the last 20 years you know and to take him out and put him out and then D- Dublin were smart, like they were moving him, they were moving Donald Burke and they were moving their, their half hour Sutcliffe and Dahi Burke was wanting to sit and kind of plant and he had was covering right and left and to me, I just thought, surely Dahi Burke just stays three and, and McInerney goes five or six. You know, I just thought that was, a, even that just even when the ball was thrown in, I remember seeing it in front of me, that uh, I just thought, because I was just so surprised to see Dahi Burke out in the half back line. And, and McInerney in fullback on, on Ronan um, Hayes. You definitely have to think Hayes got the better of that. He oh, yeah. Brilliant. And he was a great outball for Dublin, yeah. wasn't he? You know, he was yeah. breaking ball yeah. and he was, you know, he was he was staying in kind of inside and, and he was always that outball for them. But um, oh, no, Dublin Dublin definitely got their got their tactics right and coupled with Galway's kind of complacency and inaccuracies that, that worked a treat for him on the day. Wasn't Callanan's two 
I don't know, would you call them hand passes? Two passes without catching the ball. The pure class. The flick of the wrist. Yeah, he was he was I thought he had a brilliant second half, didn't he? I thought I thought he was bringing lads into the game and that that he loves that ball into the right corner forward. You know that diagonal ball going across the pitch where he's coming out to his left. And he, he loves that ball. If he gets the more ball he gets to that, he just seems to tip must vacate that spot and he just runs into it and he just that's when he's at his best and he loops around. Now he got the goal off it, but it was a kind of a it was a pure fluke. But um he loves that. That that's his if you go back to the All Ireland finals, he played against McKenney when he cleaned up. It was always that ball when he was in the hill end going across to the to Cusick stand and he'd come out and and kind of swivel off his left. He's he's brilliant at it. Yeah, he wasn't really good up to that now. He didn't have a he didn't have much in, in the first half, but the second half he kind of uh, he got really into it and he was a great leader flicking off balls around him. I thought a very interesting um clip, I think it was of the first half water break when all the players went in and Liam Sheedy had his arm around bubbles, you know, kind of saying, come on, you, you can do better than that, you know, being be, being all caring to him and all. Then he goes over to Shamey and he looks like he gives him a ton going, come on, will you, for God's sake. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> the, the man management tip. treating, yeah. know no, no one how to get, yeah, know your players. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't Shane O'Donnell a massive loss for clear, lads? I don't know if any of you were thinking of that, the game. Like, Aaron Shanner is playing really well in, in full forward and he's, you know, he's he's winning a lot of ball and he's causing kind of beating off. score more. Yeah, well, his hurling kind of, not his hurling would always kind of uh, had let him down that bit more, but just Shane O'Donnell is just, uh, you know, counties like that, same as ourselves, they can't afford to lose that star inside man, you know, um, he's a, he was a huge loss for them. And even Waterford, I was, I was going through, like, even since last year, Waterford played clear without Stephen O'Keefe, uh, Prunty fullback, the Borka centre-back, Jamie Barron midfield and Parig Manny centre-forward. Like, for a county like Waterford to be missing four or five of them, you know, they're huge losses for, for so I suppose, not the, the, the big three or the big four, the smaller the, counties. I even think if you're losing your spine of the team, like for for any, for Limerick, for Galway, for Kilkenny, any of the teams, they're going to struggle big time. Maybe maybe not struggle, but it's going it's definitely going to affect them. Like, But I think that's where Limerick are that bit at the minute, Gary. Like, you know, said Mike Casey did his cruciate last year. No one's talked about Mike Casey in the last year. No one... Not one of us have even thought about him missing fullback, you know, because Dan Morrissey went in, won an all-star. Dan Morrissey doesn't play the weekend and Richie English goes in, you know. It's yeah. like Tom Morrissey gets gets hauled off yesterday after, what, 50 minutes, was it? And and Conor Boylan comes on. You're an all-star, possibly second in hurler in the year last year, but come here, somebody else is coming on for you today. And that's probably where they're at at the minute. And I think that's what it comes down to winning All-Irelands is on a given day, the 15 can perform and they might catch you, but... If you're using 2022, that's probably where Limerick are at there. Look at the Dublin footballers, you know. Um, that's where they're, you know, the substitutions to come on in, in the last 20 minutes or at half time in games can often swing the game. And having that quality on the bench is it's it's imperative if you want to re, you want to win over a five or six game championship. Now, yeah. Before we go, Willie, there's a big fixture coming up tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Yeah. Wexford under 20s playing Kildare. Yeah, look at the they've a good team. Uh, it's young. I was just looking at the starting team. Uh, there's only one lad from number one to nine uh, overage next year. So eight of the starting right. back nine are are underage, and I think three of the forwards are underage again next year. So three and eight. What's that? Eleven. Eleven of the starting team are 
are underage again next year. So it's it's built off the minor team that won Leinster in 2019. Um, lots of good hurlers on it. Um, you know, lots of lots of good players, lots of comedy. You know, they have a good few injuries too to key players. I think Justin Morn is out from St. Anne's, the wing back. Uh, David Codd has been injured for the last few weeks. I'm not sure if he's back for it uh, from St. Martin's. Luke Kavanagh has been injured as well and coming back from the leaving cert. I think he might be only coming back. He's not starting. Um, who else? There's one or two more injuries as well that I'm, I'm after forgetting there now. So, But they have a good team. They're after putting in a huge effort. I know that from, from the, the gory lads involved. And I, um, I, think, I think this is the next group that we're going to get our senior players off. I think this is the next the next hall of, of, of cohort of players is going to come off this group. I think when the, the older players and this year's seniors move on, I think these will be the next group, five or six lads to, to go through as well, to, uh, to come through to it. Uh, lots of talent. I'd be really excited about the talent. And I know they're young this year and that worries me because I think a 20, 19-year-old, 18-year-old, there's a big difference in that age group, isn't it? You know, that year jump in, 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 in Dublin had 12 lads in that under 22 weeks ago, you know, that are gone next year. Uh, I think that makes a big difference physically and everything like that. But um, and Connor Foley too from Horswood was flying at wing back in challenge games and he broke his hand in work last week. So he's missing his centre back on the minor team last year. And there's a few of last year's minors too. Dara Carley, uh, Keane, Corey from Ferns, Corey uh, Dunbar, Ben. Um, lots of exciting talent around the county. It's, it's bringing them through now in, in a system and hoping to get a run. So I hope they do it tomorrow night now against Kildare and move on and, and look forward to other games after. Richie Lawler is the only one who's involved with the seniors, is he? Keen Malloy is in the senior panel as well, the last while from, from Nivena. Um, Patsy, as he's affectionately called. Um, so himself and Richie are the two training with the seniors. Richie had been in all year. Keen had just gone in there about a month ago or six weeks ago to the senior panel, kind of on a full-time basis. So the two of them. You'll have Keen Byrne, I think, is starting in the goal from Ross Lair. Um, Dylan Whelan from Feather is right cornerback. Kyle Scallon from the Harriers is fullback. Joe Conroy from Cranford is left cornerback. Keen Brown from Gorey is right wing back. Patsy is six. Dara Carley from Glenbarrington is seven. Jack Doran from Gorey is eight. Richie Lawler is nine. Uh, ten is Aina Doyle from Clebon. Eleven is Dylan O'Neill from the Shells. Twelve is Glenn Murphy Butler from the Harriers. See, this Harriers um, fail a winning team now is, is the, you know, 19-20 now. Uh, full forward line, I think, is Corey, Mossy Murphy from Blackwater and AJ Redmond from Ratnior. So it's a, it's a young team, but it's um, it's a good team. And as I said, they have a lot of injuries and a lot of kind of bangs picked up along the way and lots of good subs there as well. Lots of lads I didn't name there. That Even a few lads that started last year that aren't on it there now and um, real competition for places. So I really hope it goes well for the lads and they get on a bit of a run. Thanks very much. Thanks, Willie. Ben. See you, Thanks Gary. Thanks, William, really. See you, man. Up Wexford. Over the back. Up Wexford. Damien Fitzhenry is the best at what he did to ever play with. Unquestionably, was the best there ever was. My God. He was just so good. So good. A magician. The youngest of the 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barrels. 
Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know what? Say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. I was in Crow Park yesterday and I met Shane Tompkins and we were both in the upper upper Cusick so we were very high and Shane unfortunately he got a nosebleed so he won't make he said he won't make it he hasn't you know when you're up that high you can get the you can get nosebleed and you know these things happen so unfortunately he could not make it you don't think he can recover in time no it, it, it was pretty bad there was there was a guy a few seats over from and uh, his jacket is was destroyed we'll see who Wexford get in the qualifiers that will depend on whether we have a podcast next week or the week after but thanks to the Enscorded Credit Union for supporting us and thanks everyone for listening take care oh Wexford Hi, right, Wexford <laughs>